Hello. Hi. Welcome to Release. In New York. Yeah, so Paul is in New York right now, normally resides in Tucson. Yeah. He's here visiting me. Bed-Stuy life for a minute. Yeah, so we're going to do a uh, New York-flavored podcast about New York film. New York doesn't taste as dirty (laughs) as it did the last time I was here. Or as dirty as it did in the movies that we mostly watched for this episode. Yeah, or as dirty as everybody thinks it is based on its past and sort of what has been displayed in movies in the past, which is an mm. ever-changing landscape due to the socioeconomic situations throughout those decades. Well, it is interesting. So, like, Criterion has a... They're doing a series on New York City films and it's like the amount of times heroin is mentioned in the description of a movie is like i would say 70 percent of these movies so it's like that's the era i guess that people think of new york film as like the seedy yeah i mean dangerous i have an impression Like, my impression always of New York was born out of, like, that kind of world, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, um... Grimy glamour. Grimy glamour and King Kong. Oh. Like, probably King Kong was the first person to say, like, hey, look at New York. Oh. Which is part of why I'm, like, sort of into the empire state building as a building because i think i've been thinking about the empire state building since i was like four oh yeah i feel like i've had a relationship with new york for a really long time and i only lived here for two years between 2003 and 2005 oh and that's right when i moved 2005 i moved here oh really yeah oh so we switched yeah and i went back to chicago for a minute there's probably not really another city that has such a film base. Yeah, it's like you see it. California, but it's like it's not it's the Hollywood sign sure, but it's not like the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. It's like you see people driving down roads and Yeah, I'm sure there's like some LA. There are a lot of LA movies, but I don't think one I don't think as many of them put the vibe of a city like into the forefront like as much as New York does. Yeah, and then like from that vibe, uh, I think like an ethos, maybe like what came first, the chicken or the egg, it's like this persona of New York was sort of built in film and then maybe some of that mystique was like transmitted to the people that came here because they like like that yeah what vibe does that not make sense (laughs) no it does make sense i'm just i've got new york i'm new york tired i mean it does make you tired no one's that tired in these movies though it's always like real like no fast paced yeah it's real snappy yeah yeah 
get with it, Mary Alice Louise. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's this expectation that like, move it and shake it. And it's like, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Then you'll just be sleepy. Uh-huh. Unless you're on meth like the other movie that we watched. Chow Manhattan. Gah. Or Speed. She's Real peppy. Speed. Amphetamines. Uh, yeah, so two of the movies that we watched together are The Queen, which was filmed in 1967, came out in 1968, and it's a documentary about a female impersonation contest in New York City with drag queens from all over. Yeah. At least like Philly, Boston. Fire uh-huh. Island, I remember one. Probably Jersey. Jersey for sure. Yeah. So maybe it was sort of like East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's a real morsel of life Yes. moment. Oh, yeah. It's like we were trying to figure out how uh-huh. the length of the time that they were documenting. And it really feels like a, maybe a week at most. A week. Yeah. Maybe even like four days. It could be four days. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's like... You get to sit in a room with gay men in 1967 talking about their coming out experiences. Oh, it was fascinating. And that yeah. some of them were like, my parents were cool. Yeah. Sort of shocked me. Yeah. I was like, that I feel like it's, bad. I feel like it's still the same. Your yeah. parents are either going to be cool about it or they're not going to be cool about it. Right. Their yeah. love for you is... Because like one of the dude seems to say like oh my parents were cool about it but then he basically says they ignore that he's gay like they're cool about it Uh only so far that they out of sight out of mind yeah not and uh btw most of these men and this is not a read or a judgment (laughs) call uh you really couldn't it couldn't be out of sight out of mind They were all very flamboyant. Right. And like to a degree that was like fun. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be fun? Yeah, of course. It's always fun to be flamboyant. Yeah. They're not... um, Like I had said at one point, so like one of the main characters is this dude named Richard who has kind of an Andy Warhol look going on but like beautiful yeah like that like like the clothing and the hair a little bit you can see the factory influence totally or maybe trying to look a little bit like Edie said totally I bet you I was just gonna say I bet you anything he's got he's got a he's got a little bit of Edie in him yeah yeah and he talks about being in a cab and telling the cab driver that he's gonna be in a female impersonation contest and I was like his appearance I think would be subversive at the time because it's like some people would just read him as a woman and other people would read him as being like stepping out of the lines to a degree that might inspire some like need to enforce you know yeah cis hetero norms you know what i mean like at that time like yeah and like i don't know inspire violence like we've heard these stories but in the cab, he's just like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to a female impersonation contest. Like, what's yeah. up? And so it's like living is... I just... I... While we were watching it, I was wondering how similar... Because there's a lot of generalization about, like, what attitudes 
<clears throat> people can surf throughout the years, you know? It's mm -hmm. like there's this sort of generalization about like how people would react to a gay person in 
Attention runs the gamut from what to mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like I feel um, that's the only thing I could compare it to. It's like the way that I dress can attract certain attention other places. And yeah, I worry about it less, much less here. Yeah. Um, so even in 1967, it seems, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's a thing about New York, but, or these men, uh, their, you know, comfort within themselves besides maybe right. Richard, who is the winner and to right. me, the most glamorous, beautiful, totally the most glamorous besides the pink hair one that they never fucking well, there's the pink haired lady with pink bouffant yeah with like an amazing like glittering headpiece yeah. and gown not only does she not make it to the finalists uh-huh. but we don't even get to see anything i don't even know the name of that well drag it was queen. crazy because we got to watch all of them like hanging out in their hotel rooms Ugh, and then they amazing. got into drag and then it was like where'd that guy go yeah, I mean, the it's always the, the drag transformation is always crazy, and like RuPaul's Drag Race, like it uh, cracked open that sort of mystery, like mm-hmm. pretty early on, where it was using the formula of having the contestants out of drag for a lot of what? Oh yeah, a lot of time that they're like working on stuff and then when you see them in drag you rec you know who they are but this is just like this short little documentary so you don't have time to like get to know all of the faces well enough to be able to like know who's who once they like put on their drag yeah and it's interesting except for the mom the people that we know the most about their personal lives Mm -hmm were kind of followed less like richard we don't know anything about their personal personal life at all and then like the dude running the contest and like richard's mentor yeah they don't share their experiences of being no gay men no but but you still get a full picture of like this uh pageant scene yes which it's nice to like see. It's taken this. very seriously. And then you've seen the ball scenes in yeah. Paris is Burning. Right. Which I saw right when I moved here, actually. Yeah. That was I the mean, first I saw. Just it. a different world. Yeah. And then, you know, up until RuPaul's Drag Race, which right. I've only seen some of, but I'm a big fan of. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So I know Trixie and Katya well. Uh huh. Yeah, this movie, I'm surprised people don't talk about it more, especially now, because pageants aren't the same as... It's a different sort of drag. It's like Uh female impersonation. It's very, like, straight up, which is interesting because some of the men have very interesting faces, not just, like, translate super easily to, like, traditional ideas about femininity and beauty. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's kind of the point of drag. Right, so it's like when they were um, singing, which some of them are really bad. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I was like, I ex- there's no camp, no an absence of camp. Yeah, they're very serious. It's it's it. Yes, that female impersonation. It's it is the difference between like the ballroom scene, 
also is very serious. An obsession with being unclockable. But also high camp. Right. In that uh, over top. Over the top. Over the top. But like camp just sort of by way of excess. Right. Which Whereas is a different this thing. this was like so reserved. Mm-hmm. You know? It was yeah. like kick lines. Which is a sign it felt like of the time because mm-hmm. in the 60s you have sort of this holdover you have the youth quake yeah. and swinging 60s but you have jackie o and you have those you know it took a while to shake off the conservative like yeah. vibe of the 50s so we're just only you know what i mean yeah. like it's a little prim in presentation well sure it's it would be interesting to have the um, I would love to see what was going on with people of color in drag in 1967. Right. So Where's there are some document? people of color in yeah. this. Right. But they're less followed for sure. Yeah, for sure. This is about. And it's characters. one movie. So it's like. Right. It's one movie that's an hour long. Yeah. We need, like, if this could be a reality show. Yeah. Which. We did see drag. We the saw the very first night I was here. An unexpected drag show. Yeah. And it was pretty great. Yeah, it was on a Monday night and it was like an open mic amateur amateur hour, hour uh DIY. <laughs> well, drag is all DIY. But like drag show hosted by Madeline Hatter. Um, and it was bumping on a Monday night. And it really showed like, um, lots of drag queens. A breadth of, from like a mix of like mostly Beyonce, very straight ahead, beautiful, uh, traditional sort of, right. Not traditional, but like femme, bot. Right. To like, um, a statement piece where someone got like Uh took their clothes off right and then like a drag performance to a Bo Burnham comedy Uh song right by a drag queen in like a very cool um like 70s jumpsuit yeah very god spell really amazing i wish i Uh knew who that was because like i would go back just for that yeah and the host was like that's the best i've seen you and i'm like that drag queen might be on the cusp of like a breakout and i'm not familiar enough with like what the drag scene is here to know right. how I watched that one documentary about the drag scene here. Um, I forget what it was called, but I didn't see that like sort of alty mm-hmm. kind of. It was almost like Cool Girl, like it's fucking right. Bo Burnham. It like felt right. like indie in a way. Yeah, you know, like an experimental. Well, the thing is, is that like I wouldn't be doing that in Tucson. Going like, to a drag show or doing Well, I drag? would be going... If I were to go to a drag show in Tucson, there are the handful of drag queens in Tucson that sort of do their thing. Basically, like, 
And is it glamorous? Yeah, it's glamorous. It is what it is. But like, uh, that was just like, that was like a different level of like, uh, support. Yeah. Which, but also like, it was, it, it was very, it's very interesting that we did actually end up watching the queen. It's almost like mm-hmm. we bookended this visit of mine with <laughs> the very first night I was here. We literally watched a doc, a live in front of us documentary because yeah. We were creating narratives for all of these people. Mm-hmm. And even before the drag started, there was like drama that oh, was yeah. very much like drag. That's why it should, that place should be a reality show, which yeah. it is interesting we watched the documentary because I don't think either of us were thinking like, oh, now we're going to go watch a documentary about right. drag queens. No. Which it's interesting. In that New they, York. Yeah, in New York. But yeah, there was a patron of the bar before uh-huh. the drag show but there had started to trickle in drag queens which we actually didn't know that what was about to happen no i was like wow there are a lot of drag queens here and then yeah. all of a sudden it was like oh it's drag amateur night yes but and then it, like, it was like oh i happened. guess we're having a few more drinks yeah <laughs> yeah but there was uh well you saw it so tell the story of the the interaction with the i mean the i'm just gonna summarize it summarize it uh but like really it was just like uh there's this sort of there's this platform in this bar this raised area in the back corner and we were sitting uh just below it and i was facing all of it so i was watching everything that was going on and it was these young queers who were very excited and very excitable and all of them had to outshine each other and seemingly like the in crowd that's kind the of, yeah like the in crowd and uh you know a couple of them were kind of like bouncing around with each other and sort of making out with each other in like this very polyamorous way and i went inside to get another round from a bartender with no peripheral vision so it <laughs> took a while um and I witnessed one of the uh, one of the queer boys from the back corner platform show <laughs> sort of like introducing himself and hitting on someone who had just arrived and we went back out and they took their spot back up on the platform and all of a sudden new arrival <laughs> is very upset and I'm pretty sure it is due to the fact that there's this making out going on and I don't think that he was wasn't feeling exclusive. he it wasn't exclusive to him and I think that that really hurt his feelings and offended him so he threw his drink across the room in the back, <laughs> which was in a plastic cup, which sort of bounced around a hard plastic cup. Which like alerted everyone that wasn't watching to the show. Right. Everybody, everything got quiet and everybody sort of looked to find out where that noise was coming from. And then all of a sudden, this guy is storming out 
in the most telenovela fashion that you could and swipes the wine glass right out from under the nose of the older <laughs> gay man who is He's sitting shook, at a bar. As he should be. Literally just like looks and is like, where the fuck did my wine just go? And there's a loud <laughs> shatter. Because that's a real glass. And it was just like, it was literally like it was rehearsed. It was crazy perfect. Yeah. And then, I mean, that is the makings of a documentary. Well, you know that there's this crowd that hangs out every Tuesday, Monday. Monday. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they go to practice their drag. Yeah. And so then they're like, I just know someone was talking shit about that Bo Burnham number. You know what I mean? And like oh, someone yeah. was talking shit about the new girl who's doing the, that Harlequin fucking goofball oh, shit yeah, that yeah, I didn't yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Like someone's like, oh, it's her first time and she got yeah. all those dollars. But yeah, like, whatever. what trash. Right. Like, you with know? that, like, with this uh, gimmick. Imagine Dragon song or something like that. I don't yeah. Even know. Who like had a prop with an umbrella and then like, released all this confetti that certainly some you know which poor was, soul was gonna have to clean up i'm telling you like you want to impress the um you want to imp- impress the drag fans mm-hmm. like who could be described as um the girl who was at the bar who saw me waiting hmm. at one end of the bar got there after me we both kept looking at each other and didn't send the bartender down to me, but like took her own turn <laughs> and then was eating like a hoagie. bodega hoagie <laughs> and wooing at the same time. You want to impress her? Yeah. You bust some fucking confetti out of an umbrella. Right, but that the was other the biggest queens woo. are going to be like, this is fucking bullshit. That was the biggest woo of the evening. Her makeup is terrible and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, Which is totally. like, that's what happens in The Queen is at the end, uh-huh. this uh, drag queen that did not win, who is a very sore loser because when they realize that they're not going to win, yeah. that Richard is going to win, mm-hmm. which... Uh, is it Garbo? Harlow. 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 Yeah. And which has to be a nod to Jean Harlow, right? Yeah, of course. Um, when, yeah, they realize they're not going to win. They like walk off the stage or right. whatever. And then starts talking mad shit when right. Richard's not in the room. But then you see that Richard has made his way into the room. Right. And is hearing like this mm-hmm. absolute go off about. At first, it's like, you're so ugly. And then later, it's like, these judges are corrupt. Right. And it's like, no, if you're looking at Richard in the best dress mm-hmm. with this amazing face, but yeah. yes, very young and not like super composed, not right. the most composed, but, you know, a stunner. It's like, come on, this is not an ugly person. No. This is not an no. un... Uh, but, you know... Glamorous. It is true. I, I just wish we could have been privy to some of that shit talking. Beforehand? Before it just explodes? In real life at Metropolitan. Oh, no. I want to be on bar. the inside. And the only way I think I could be on the inside is if there was a reality show made about it. Right. Or a documentary. If anybody's listening that cares, that wants to make a reality television show about Monday nights at the Metropolitan Bar in Brooklyn, please do it. I would be fascinated. Because yeah. it's like... RuPaul's Drag Race, of course, it's drama and it's mm-hmm. incredible drag, mm-hmm. but it's not. Um, I'll do voiceover work for anybody's <laughs> voice that you don't like. <laughs> it's not a. 
it's not people they're already on rupaul's drag race right so it's not a monday night amateur show and that's really where i mean yes then you're gonna make these people stars and you know right then maybe it's a documentary so that it's just like the one shot film it let them all like reap the benefits of this platform and maybe we can see the beginnings of it Mm -hmm. because i was fascinated just in the moments that i saw yeah i think it could be simpler just to keep it a little more pure and a little bit more um engaged because I think that like we serve up too much information on reality shows. Oh, and I true. guess I'm thinking about the inner, like if it were like an intersection between a reality show and the queen where yeah. both of those movies, sorry, meaning Monday night <laughs> yeah. our real life movie going yeah. experience, which it was uh-huh. so theatrical. Totally. And we were observers. We were not um, right. being interacted with. Full on observers. Yeah. Um, and, um, we were left to create narratives for ourselves about who those people were. And the queen does that too. Yeah, they leave space for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's important. I think that like, we are allowed to speculate about people. We do it anyway. That's what social media is. We create um judgments based on what people's feeds are but it's a different it's different right you know we're not getting personality fully with still images and weird video clips that are like posed and everybody who has their like their face that they use for selfies (laughs) yeah um yeah, it's like it's a really well done documentary because there is air in there where we're just like seeing mm-hmm. people in a hotel room interact. And obviously mm-hmm. they're putting on a sort of game face because these are their competitors and they're all like crunched in these rooms and interacting and having a glorious mm-hmm. time probably because, yeah, you know, it's lovely to engage Go with visit someone New who York. shares the same passion mm-hmm. as you. Yeah. And an yeah. exciting city. And yeah. They do mention that they have to find hip enough hotels that will be, like, cool about yeah. like, housing all of these drag queens. Right. All these homos. <laughs> but, yeah, it is. Now it's like we have this whole culture of influence to consider. Like, I'm sure after these dudes did this documentary, it's not like they went home and they were like, they didn't have Instagrams to go tend to, to no. like exploit their, yeah. uh, or not exploit, but like take advantage of their newfound right. fame. It's like mm-hmm. very underground, I'm sure. I don't know like what their release was like, but right. I doubt that they became stars. Oh, they certainly did not. No, unless no. they just did. Maybe on some local level. Yeah, or just because of some other things right. that they got involved with. Right. Which is interesting because of the Edie Sedgwick of it all. Because we watched her last film, Chow Manhattan. Yeah. And she's basically an influencer. I mean, she was oh, an actress. Totally. But she is an influencer. But she wasn't even really that much. She wasn't really, like, that much like of an actress. three movies or something? Yeah, but I think that she just really just was, like, a personality. I think that she was kind of, like, the original, like, Paris Hilton. Right. Because she was just a rich kid from a rich family. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, made her way to the big city. Yep. Hung out with Warhol, was one of the Warhol superstars, and then just made those weird movies with them. Yeah. And this yeah. is another weird movie. <laughs> yeah. That has some amazing bits and then some really weird subplots that yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it does have a wild yeah. uh, production story, so yeah. that might explain some of that. I mean, Chow Manhattan is like a very typical 70s mishmash yeah. narrative. With the added issue, or maybe it ended up going for it, <laughs> that they produced some of the... So they filmed Edie Sedgwick and fellow Warhol superstar um, Paul America. Mm-hmm. This is also while. kind of this is also pseudo pseudo documentary. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so we documentary. Just on, and we chose these movies super super haphazardly. Yeah, um, but it all kind of fell into a similar world. Oh, also the beginning. So like 1967 is when uh, the Queen was filmed, and yeah. 1967 is when they started filming Chow Manhattan. Oh, uh huh. But then Edie and Paul like ran off together, <laughs> and so like filming stopped, uh-huh. and then you know she went on a typical for her drug and alcohol tear for a while, uh, got breast implants that she was very into, proud of, which good for her. Uh-huh. They stick straight to the sky in the most <laughs> unbelievable way. It's not bad, but uh-huh. it's strange. Uh, juxtaposed with her like other image yeah. before that which is just like so thin and yeah flat chested and then right. she's a little bit curvier yeah. and then has right. these like balls of boobs um right. yeah she was very she was topless very the whole time quake. she was yeah. very youth quake and then she comes back three years later and she's a little bit more hippied out with longer hair and never wearing a shirt because she insisted she's like That's i right. got these I want to flaunt them. And they even have a line right. in the movie where she they say, oh, yeah, you found her like that. She's really proud of those. Because yeah. she just has like a unbuttoned shirt just yeah. chilling. Just shaking her boobies. <laughs> so then they stopped filming. But the first film that they were making was very like black and white. She has the short blonde hair. And yeah, the she cool has the iconic look. She's wearing two pairs of sunglasses on her hat, perched up on her hat. Which yeah. I love. Paul America's like a babe. All right. You know, there's some iconic shots of her like on a, you know, walking across a roof in this like super mini dress, mm-hmm. looking all cool. Very like drug fueled West Side Highway, yeah. cruising, fun, you know. Yeah. But crazy, you know, on the brink. And then they disappear. And then I guess the story goes that she got involved with Roger Vadim, who was husband and baby daddy to Jane Fonda, also uh-huh. to Catherine Deneuve, uh, and discovered Brigitte Bardot. Well, I just put that in quotes. Brigitte Bardot, because he like claims Brigitte Bardot super hard because he's a punk ass. But he did right. do her first film, um, and God Created Woman, which does have an iconic opening set where there's, like, the laundry on the line. And then you see, like, hot-ass Brigitte Bardot. Right. Who was, like, 18 years old. And he was, like, who knows, in his 30s or something. And so he, like, made her... So he claims all these women. He wrote a book that's just simply called 
uh, Bardot de Neuve Fonda, which is so fucking rude. Yeah. But, like, one of my favorite like, Hollywood tidbits. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm like a list of conquests. Yeah. Who happen yeah. to be, like, amazing yeah. women in their own right, who did great work after him and some right. of them before him, besides Bardot. Yeah. But he's a fucking punk ass bitch. Uh, but he gets involved with Edie Sedgwick, apparently. And she's too much for him. And he's wild. So I was like, whoa. Um, yeah. And so he's like, right. I need this bitch out of my house. Um, let's get this movie funded. And so then filming starts again in 1960. But now they have this layer of like. No, 1970. Oh, 1970. Sorry. Yeah. Um, now there's this layer of like Edie drying up in California, not really drying up because she's no, still no. fucked up, but like right. the idea that she's going to California. Susan. She plays a woman named Susan. Susan Superstar. Yeah. Um, and so there's going to be this whole narrative of that. And Edie, when they were filming, sort of like some of that where she's talking about her life, that's not in the script. So she kept talking about, like, the trauma of her life and stardom and reminiscing about, like, Diana Vreeland and Vogue and oh, yeah. her horrible childhood mm-hmm. and all of this. That apparently was not in the script. But what was in the script was, like, that subplot with her and the dude that brought her back after catching, like, picking her up as a hitchhiker, bringing her back to the house. Yeah. He's kind of like a sweet, dopey, not sweet, but dopey young man. That's, like, in the script. Right. And all the, like, the other weird subplots that Bridget Berlin has parts in. Right. With the, like, dude that's surveilling them. Right. And all that weird, almost, like, spy shit. Yeah. Uh, Mishmash. World order. 70s mishmash. Yeah. But it's a fucking wild movie. Yeah. And then they put it all together, and then it was, like, people loved it. Yeah. (laughs) And there are some iconic shots of the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like this... Bridges. ...trip has been very cinematic. I felt like... Yeah. Everywhere I sort of went, especially bars. We went to TVI, which... Mm, That's like a movie. It was in Ridgewood, and I swear to God, I thought I was like in some sort of movie that was a cross-section between Dazed and Confused and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. With a bunch of Danny Zuko's everywhere. Yeah. People really put it on here. So if you're at a bar, it's like everyone is dressed to impress. Yeah. Even if they're trying to look mad low-key. Yeah. And then they're all looking around. And they're in their little groups. And it's like very rare that like the groups sort of mix in any real Mm -hmm. way. Everyone's a little too cool. Butts covered in black tight pants. Sure. Yeah. It's not... It does feel like a movie in that way. Yeah. That place for sure. That place. And there's like a show in the background. Like you might as well, you could put a camera in there and like add some actors. And if they would allow it, you could have a film. Yeah. Just like the Metropolitan Monday Night. Um, sorry, I'm watching this cat get (laughs) Get comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. What other New York movies? I know um, I have some. Yeah. So, to recommend or that make you think of New York. So the movie Variety, which is also on Criterion right now, I saw it in theaters here as part of the 
women in film um uh film festival uh-huh. and it's bet gordon and she spoke beforehand um and she shot it no i'm not gonna remember the budget uh for like a song you know like yeah. nothing right and it has it's so it's a young woman that works at a peep show not a peep is it a movie uh in times square when times square was like seedy porno yeah so like in a porno theater mm-hmm. she works i wanted to say peep show but it's not it's showing porno films mm-hmm. and then she like kind of goes on this little like uh adventure like she's following a guy and it's like then you get these exterior sort of outside of the city but you get like lots of old times square neon and like inside of a bar like yeah and it's it feels very new york and she has like a very new york apartment where it's like i want that she's like on the phone like twisting the cord and she has just like a stack of records but like very minimal but it's like a lot of space for new york because Uh it's like not 2021 right and I love that fucking movie. Yeah. And it's like so time and place. New yeah. York City. Totally. Seedy. Exciting. I think that the definitive movies for me, meaning that like what I was talking about earlier, sort of like in terms of my relationship with New York, even though I haven't spent the most time here, um, definitely I saw Gloria at a young age which is mm. John Cassavetes mm. it's Jenna Rollins um, oh. sort of saving this Puerto Rican boy whose father was an accountant for the mob and something goes wrong and uh, his entire family is assassinated Oh God! it's like a really violent movie and I was probably like maybe I was probably like the kid's age when mm. I saw it. Oh, goodness. Um, my mom showed us some crazy movies um, yeah, when I was a kid. You gotta grow up sometime, kid. But I was, yeah. But so, so that is like a very like, well, that's kind of what New York is about, you know. Uh, and, you know, Jenna Rollins is like this tough broad. Yeah. She's like, Ooh. Walk, she's like toting a gun and shooting a gun and protecting this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's considered like a lesser John Cassavetes film, but I've not heard of it. Holds a special place in my place in my heart. 1980, okay, is when it was made, I believe. And then also Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh yes, always Iconically is like New York. Susan Seidelman. Yeah, always for me. I mean, I've watched that movie so many times, and that for me was also just very much like, well, that feels like a representation of like this time period in new york yeah so a little bit more into the middle of the 80s with desperately seeking susan and you're still you're you're it's like shot i think it's like lower east side yeah um then don't they go out to aren't they on like a boardwalk or something at one point yeah they go to battery park battery park okay yeah that's not a boardwalk but there's water there's water yeah (laughs) uh so Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. If you want to see what New York City looked like in, like, 1984, 1985, you know? It's like, 
nobody was putting anything on. They were just filming in those locations and it was filled with all of the people that were hanging out in those locations and all the extras are people who were living in New York and making art in New York. That's how variety feels too. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, And what else? Well, I did watch Party Girl before I came here, which is a oh, 90s, yeah. a 90s representation of New York. That'll make you like want to move to New York. Yeah. So that stuff's always fun. I oh, love seeing then, New York. Oh, and of course, like I saw, I I watched over and over and over, um, do the right thing. Oh yeah. Which is a fucking movie about Brooklyn. Yeah. Which which obviously is New York, but really and truly that is a Brooklyn movie. Yeah. Um, and, you and know. And it feels very in place, like in a place. Very, very in a place. And like also New- so Brooklyn theatrical. Is... Like, Do the Right He's Thing a genius. Uh, is not a musical, but it kind of reads like a musical. Well, like Spoken Word or something. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I did, rewatched I did, a bunch of that stuff at the beginning of COVID. I did go over to Do the Right Thing <laughs> way oh, yes, this either. morning. Because I was like, well, I'm here. Yeah, why not? I mean, I didn't recognize anything. But that doesn't matter. You saw some stoops, I'm sure. I'm sure I saw some stoops. (laughs) Um, And you're uh, watching Sex in the City for the first time. So you're seeing lots of New York. Well, that that thing, yeah. I mean, they're not kidding, though, when they say, like, New York is, like, the fifth character. Because, like, they do show New York... You know, oh, yeah. a lot of the archetypes are there. Like, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, that's, I was not here, sure. obviously, when that show is set, but. Yeah, but I think that, like, Sex and the City sort of, like, lends itself to, like, the fact that in the four days that I've been here, I only just went to Manhattan today. That's meaning, like my life. Meaning that, like, I think that Sex and the City sort of really generated an interest in the commodification of New York City. Oh yeah, but that's and the what surrounding you see. areas. So it's real. So now we see the manifestation of all what? the people Basically, that were inspired by Carrie Bradshaw. So it's all Sex and the City's fault. That's what I'm saying. Gentrification is is the fault yeah. of Sex and the City. All the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'll blame as her. soon as Miranda moved. Bought a bought a, um, a. Oh, she went to Williamsburg. Yeah, as soon as she bought that building. I guess it's Williamsburg. Maybe it's not. In season six, it was over. <laughs> well, you know, they launched a thousand dreams, mm-hmm. so all those girls could <laughs> a go and wear dreams. leather jackets and yoga pants. Uh, That's on right. The Lower East Side. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh God. Yeah, there's so much New York. It's like this Criterion Collection, not to like keep pumping them up because their app fucking sucks. I tried to stream and it was like the lowest volume ever. <laughs> um, but like Moonstruck, I was like, oh, I need to watch Moonstruck. Yeah. Even like A Star is Born, like the Lady Gaga one. It's like that one feels there's some New York moments. Girl like yeah. doing it that feel fun. Um the movie that I would watch on TV all the time as a kid that was New York was that A Bronx Tale. Oh. And that okay. made me very curious about New York. Yeah. And I didn't come to New York until I was 18. Yeah. I came to New York when I was 
Also 18, the first time I was here. Yeah, the, uh, I think, I mean, obviously I saw a Bronx Tale and then a bunch of other New York movies, but mm-hmm. like as a kid in the suburbs, mm-hmm. seeing somewhere where like there's lots of people nearby, mm-hmm. like you lean out your window and like yell down to your friend or like you're like living near people, that always yeah. seemed very comforting to me. Yeah. It made me want to move to a big city. Yeah. Like I always was a little bit unsettled by mm-hmm. suburban sprawl yeah it's like just kind of a bummer well because everybody's in their cars all the time yeah yeah that's some west coast yeah suburban shit you are like defined by your vehicle i mean i can walk around all day here yeah. or exist all day here and like have no real it's like you're anonymous but it there is it's nice to just have people around. Right. You're still exchanging energy with a bunch of people. Right. Which can be overwhelming. It can also be comforting. Right. Depending on what your headspace is. And definitely during, I stayed here um, almost all of, you know, until, I didn't start traveling anywhere until mm-hmm. like last Christmas or whatever. So there was a big chunk of time where like a lot of people fled the city and I was just here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else because then I'd really be alone. Yeah. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. a single woman, so it's like I would have just been yeah by myself somewhere. Like, thank God I was in New York, where like at least you can look down, you know, yeah. at the street and there's people milling around. Right. Like, what a bummer! If you Confused were like... and shell shocked about what just happened to them, but still, there they are. <laughs> there they are. We're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, interesting trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah, take a bite out of it. Always the same, always changing. Yeah, don't mind like... the maggots. No, maggots. I guess there are them. And But you said you only saw one rat, so... I've only seen one rat That's since I've been incredible. here. That's insane. And it wasn't in the house, which is nice. Yeah, usually you can fucking walk out there and find them doing a kick line. Yeah, no, they'll be behind the trash cans and shit. Yeah. Go take a look. See if you can find one. Rustle, some, rustle up some grub. <laughs> Free dinner. Yep. Okay, cool. Cool. I feel good about the New York episode. I feel good about New York. I feel good about your trip. Yeah. It was a good trip. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see y'all later. Yeah, that's Caroline at Womanhood. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is Paul at You Don't Want to Go In There. Yeah. And mm. we are at release underscore pod we are also at www.release.pictures yeah do it to it watch some of those new york movies if you feel like it yeah they're fun yeah or do whatever you want i don't care watch movies about wichita if you can dig them up (laughs) (laughs) bye bye